on the eve of my birthday, Transformers Rise of the Beasts premieres. We reviewed the one that started it all, Transformers, but now we're going to review the prequel. And Rotten Tomatoes has this prequel of Transformers franchise, 91% by the critics and 74% by the audience. I'm there going to say it should be rated lower. <laughs> Welcome back, back to Hotel the Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Don. Where we give you a review at least once a week. And we're both wearing hoodies. <laughs> You're enjoying the summer. <laughs> I guess sweat it out. Spoilers. I just finished watching Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. You just saw it as well. Or you saw it a little before I did. True, but then not that long ago. Right. And... Watching it or rewatching it, it gave me more questions than answers. Similar to how Star Wars prequels trilogy gave me more questions than answers of the original. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this one question before we go into anything else. Would the movie have made sense if it was its own independent storyline, like an Elseworlds story, not considered a prequel? Yes. Okay. Everything would have been fine. If two things, if Optimus Prime didn't show up at all, and if it had any reference to Sam Witwicky. The only thing they referred to that would be considered for the, the original Transformers movie was A, that he, uh, the Bumblebee turns into the Camaro, and then B, the secret agency, the uh, district, was it, not district, the same uh, government agency in Transformers. With the birth of what John Turturro's characters? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, okay. That I, I, I can stand that. But but those, those are the only two things, really. But not really in a way that the way how Transformers was. It was that's where they were going after the code to find the cube. True. In the original Transformers, where here it was just like Cybertron is done for. We have to escape. Mm-hmm. Every but, group. And now that I think about it, in the original Transformers, they knew about Megatron from Sam Witwicky days, which was way before the 1980s. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go and talk about that real quick in the sense of time frame. Uh, this movie takes place in 1987. Yeah. Rise of the Beast is, uh, I believe, in 94. Okay. So it's about like, what, seven years or oh, seven year difference. Yeah. This is not directed by Michael Bay. Right. It is produced by him. It's directed mm-hmm. by Travis Knight, written by Christina Hudson, starring Holly Senfeld. You know, we know her from multiple projects, but lately from, or recently from, the Spider-Verse movies. You have George Lindenberg, John Cena, Pamela Adlon. She was in some other movies, like teenage movies back in the day. You have John Ortiz, that was Dr. Powell. You have also reprising the role of uh, Optimus Prime. Peter Cullen. Have some other cameos, like you have Fred Dreyer, who was the sheriff. And Fred Dreyer was a big uh, television star back in the 80s and stuff like that, which I thought was a nice little Easter egg or homage to that. I'll, t- I'll give you this. This movie is entertaining as a standalone, what have you. It is entertaining. It, it, it did take me back a lot to like the 80 time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, playing Alf, the cereal, 
the music, which was amazing. I loved the music that they had here. Mm-hmm. It was almost like almost like, like a long music video. The trans, uh, not trans, but the Camaro at the end and things of that nature. That I liked. The f- action was good. When action was there, it was really good. But the continuity factor is what threw me off. Yeah, and, and for me, like when I first watched it, and I said this in our other review, when I first watched Bumblebee in theaters, I thought 100% it was Elseworlds story. I thought, like, this was, like, a complete standalone Transformers film. And I was, like, I was okay with that. Start us. Re- I was, like, reboot it. Restart it. Because right, that's, that's, that's what you thought, right? It was like a reboot of the franchise. Right? Exactly. And that was 100% down because I'm, like, okay, we got a fresh start. This seems like it's going to be organized. It's more related to the toys. And then um, because prior to that, I had the Mark Wahlberg films, the Sha- Shia LaBeouf. And as the story got all the way up to number five, which was like last night, if you thought this was convoluted for the, the storyline there, it gets way worse on the sequels. Not even on the prequels. On the sequels, we're adding stuff prior to the sequels that didn't exist and still don't exist. Now, real quick, that's uh, going back to the, the cast. Mm-hmm. And you know, we mentioned Peter Cullen as the voice of Optimus Prime, but I didn't know who were the voices of the other characters. Bumblebee, for instance, before he lost his voice. True. This is Peter. It's played by Dylan O'Brien, and he's a an actor that we've known him from Teen Wolf, the Maze Runner trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he plays that. Angela Bassett is one of the voices. She plays Shatter. Mm-hmm. Justin Theroux. He's Dropkick. Mm-hmm. David uh, Sobolov, he's a Blitzwing. Gray Griffin, she's a, a, a famous voice actress. She's R.C. John Bailey plays Shockwave. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it was a good Shockwave. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, he sound just like the original. That and Soundwave, they sounded just like how they... Um, right. So we'll talk so about he that. Sound, he's Shockwave and Soundwave. He played both. Uh, Steve Blum, he's, he plays Wolverine in multiple animation Projects. He was Will Jack, Cliff Jumper, played by Andrew Morgado. Mm-hmm. Kirk Bailey was Braun, the Decepticon soldier. Dennis, yes. Dennis Singletary was Ratchet. I didn't recognize Angela Bassett or mm-hmm. Justin Theroux, but Justin Theroux, he's a very good actor and voice actor because he does a lot of accents and things like that. So, very impressed. And surprised that he was in this. What were we saying? So, the story being convoluted in conjunction with the franchise, I, I'm going to have to agree. Personally, I don't think that's the fault of this movie. I think that that's the fault of the overall franchise. Just being bad in general, story-wise. Like, for timelines and events and things like that. That was already shot to hell. I did enjoy the music, just like you. I love the designs. The Autobot Decepticon designs. Do you think that was worse or better than the original Transformers film? It was about the same. It was about the same for you? The, the, the animation? Or yeah, yeah. It's like, like how the CGI, how they looked. I thought it was cleaner. And it looked... Like, when they would fight, I could well, tell who's fighting who. Yes, but that's because of the camera position also. Well, true, and then it was less shaky cam. Right, but the camera position, like, you was pulled back so you could see. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have Bumblebee, who's yellow, and then you have the other guy, who's like blue. So, mm-hmm. a difference. 
and uh, then red, and then they, they had the one that was right. like multicolor white. Some, Some of it was like shiny, like Op- when they showed Optimus Prime again, he was so shiny. True, true, true. true. Like, like, like very metallic and stuff like that, which is whatever, it is what it is. I didn't, I didn't mind it. It wasn't as bad as, say, the, the original Transformers, where you can see where it's like definitely CGI or that the rendering wasn't complete or it wasn't as sophisticated as it was in Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. There, there are, are some great parts. parts. One of my favorite parts is everything that happened at Cybertron. Great opening scene. Great yes, opening. It, it just it reminded me of the, of the animated movie. Yes, I love that classic movie. Yeah, yeah and that's such. Well, they, <laughs> they played that. that. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, they on, the, on the radio. Right, so, so they, they called, called it back to that. So, yeah, yeah all that what happened there, the, being enveloped into that world was great. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have more of that, and I wish we did. Yeah, that, that was a that was a downside. I, I agree. Now, to be with con- continuity, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Megatron was not in this one. He was not on Cybertron. Correct. Uh, I mean, in the w- w- wiki, you know, Transformers. I'm just going to say it like that. He was already frozen in ice on Earth, and in that cutscene at the beginning of Bumblebee, you don't even see um, Megatron either. But you, right. I so believe you just see Starscream. Was that him at the the battle in the mountains? No, that was another uh, character. I forget what what was his name, but um, it's like not Thundercracker. Um, one of the one, one of the jet fired ones. No, Starscream was. I probably mentioned him in the. Yeah, we probably Starscream, Starscream was in the first one. Yeah, yes, but he would look like a Dorito for his design. That's, 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 that's what you mean. That's what you And where in this one he looked like a robot. Soundwave was awesome. Soundwave, yeah. And, and he sends Ravage out. Ravage came yes. out. That was great because again, that took me back to when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fight scenes were great. I, I, well, well, Bumblebee. Well, they had Bumblebee do. And his fighting style was very eclectic in the sense of you had definitely jujitsu there. You mm-hmm. have some uh, uh, wrestling uh, or uh, luchador wrestling. Yeah. In that you have some of the great sword play or weapon weaponry. So seeing that, like, because I was watching it again, because I remember seeing it the first time, and I was like, "Oh, there's some jujitsu he's doing there." But then seeing it again, I was able to recognize or differentiate the luchador movements. Yeah, kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and some wrestling as well. Well, I also like uh, it. This plays into the, like the character design and the uh, the first one. They all seem to be roughly the same size, except for like Megatron being like way bigger and Optimus being close to that size, but still dwarfed by him. Here, like, and Bumblebee was pretty close to that size too. Here, like, you see Bumblebee much shorter, much smaller. Well, yes. He looked, he looked like, like he was a smaller, like a kid mm-hmm. in the man's world in the sense of that, yes. That's like how it was in the cartoons, too. He was small. He was a Volkswagen buggy. Yeah. Which, which I like that. that. It's a good touch. Right. Granted, he did look bigger outside than he did in the garage. I was like, wait a minute. How is he smaller in the garage than outside of the garage? He's like, yeah. Bigger. I mean, he's always crouched in the garage, but like. Not the first time. Not when he opens up. And, and oh. introduces him, her, uh, introduces himself to Charlie. Probably, yeah. so you know, it was just, it's just I mean, that's a really high ceiling garage. It doesn't look like that when you go in. That's true. Uh, uh, one thing I liked and I thought was funny, and it's like the smallest thing, Cliff Jumper, because Cliff Jumper is the salt Sean Bean of Transformers. Anytime you see Cliff Jumper, you're like, he's not gonna live long. In the comic and the movies, 
And then, like, he's like, I'll never tell. was like, we don't need you to. And they just slice him in half. I'm like, oh, yes. And it was interesting how also humans were taken out. That I forgot about that, but he's like, I like the way they pop. But the thing is, like, they they look like snots. Yeah. I mean, the clothes, too? I don't know what they're using. I don't know. Possibly, though, it would have been cool if, like, say the body itself was, like, a snot. And the clothing just stay behind. No, like turn to turn to flame. Oh yeah, that would have been the nice. mixture. Yeah, the mixture of that. So I think it would have been kind of cool because mm-hmm. it, it just seems like very simple way to take them out, where everything disintegrates into some kind of goo. Yeah, this is definitely not worth the high score of in Rotten Tomatoes. Definitely not in the '60s or '90s. Excuse me. Definitely not. Was, me is for the '60s. If it's part of the franchise, you're looking at that as a standalone. I can see it being higher in the scoring or rating. So interesting question. As a standalone, would it beat the original for you? No. Ah, okay. The first one had it. It made sense to me in the sense that. They're looking for the cube. They look. They need the locations for it, and they have to go for this the, father, the grandfather or the descendant of the uh, wiki. Mm-hmm. And that made a little more sense. Now, granted, it's crazy the, the, the explosions and all that, and they did that well here too. They kept that intensity of explosion in Bumblebee. You know what had over there in the yeah, like like, uh, like when, when um Mumbley's first discovered by John Cena, and you're like, well, that plane's coming in kind of close. He's like, that's not an ally, or he's like, that's not a friend. You should take cover. And then all of a sudden, shots are fired. Like, yeah, like that's a clean fight scene, I think. And then how Bumblebee took out that adversary, and how that explosion happened. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So no, no, definitely the explosions all that stuff. That was. Not left cheap. That was still up there. Even the mm-hmm. final, final, final battle scenes, that was great. I was very entertained by that. Oh, he used the chain. Oh, yes. And the guy laughed at him. He just pulls it. And, and then the guy just rips apart and explodes. I did like that. Mm-hmm. But again, if, like, it's kind of hard to see this as an individual film when you know that there's like movie set after it so that's the whole that's the only thing that makes it troubling for me to have the, the scoring true i i mean and you know what and i get that like uh it, knowing that this is supposed to be a prequel and those movie sets are supposed to come after it i get that especially with at the end Optimus prime shows up in the original transformers he shows up in the og truck mode too right but he shows up like from the sky mm-hmm. where he like so in 1987, he was there. So where did he go? It could be all one big genius move that Rise of the Beast somehow ties the two together in some miraculous genius way. It's probably not going to happen. But you know, and where it explains why Optimus Prime had to beat feet out, and no one knows why Transformers actually exist in this world <laughs> prior, right, except for except for people that were in the government, not the government, but also the town. Because come on. You're going to tell me that, especially at the end by the San Francisco Bridge, I think that's the San Francisco Bridge, that uh, Bumblebee is exposed out there, cars are driving, and they don't see a mechanical beast, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, again, like, like the one woman 84 where she's at the mall and everyone's taking pictures and there's video cameras, uh, security cameras filming her and all this stuff. It's like, but 
it makes yeah, sense that's for BBS. We're, we're talking about things that, that don't make sense. sense. Like, and I meant to mention this in the first one. I never understood how they were able, like how they froze Bumblebee, like they did the Predator and Predator Two, like use like Kodak. <laughs> Spray them down, boys. Well, what's the name was frozen in the first one? Yeah, it's one thing to maintain something that's frozen versus something to, like, freeze it down right away. Uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how do you know that? Yeah. Like, liquid nitrogen doesn't work that fast. Even if it was that. Some miracle fluid. But, like, I like the fact that, like, Bumblebee wasn't fighting back here. And, like, they were harpooning him and everything. He only fought back when... The girl was hurt, and then his memory rebooted. Well, it it it, it was rebooting at the same time. He has to, like right, like she was trying, right, uh, which is weird. Like, how do machines have amnesia? But you can get damaged memory. That's true. But it, his memory came back after she revived him. Yeah, a restart. And but I do like how we get the answer of how he lost his voice and how he learned how to communicate through the radio. I did think that was a good touch. But again, it doesn't make sense because at, at the end of Transformers, he's talking. Yes, but at Transformers 2 on, he doesn't get damaged again, but he's still using the radio. And they're like, oh, well, we still can't fix it. And I'm like, whoa, he had a full sentence paragraph kind of thing going on at the end of the first one. Well, that was more like two sentences he had in the end of the first one. But at the same token, it's like, Come on, after all these years, you can't find a replacement or rip it out another one? I need yeah, a donor. Right. He, he doesn't need it, so here we go. We'll put this in you. Technically, there was a lot of donations out there by the end of the first movie. Obviously, Bumblebee is the heart of the Transformers film franchise. Mm -hmm. right? it, it connects everything together. Yes, Optimus Prime is the, is the leader. And you have the side characters, the partners, the brothers in arms, and you have Megatron as the big baddie. Mm -hmm. Is this worth the watch? Sure. Is it worth the price of admission? You could. Is it worth the own? No. Like, after I watched this movie, I was like, I'm glad I don't own this. Like, you know, luckily it's on streaming on Paramount+. Plus. True. So, now, granted, we're jumping all over here, as per the course. Was Did you mention a favorite scene? Uh, I was my was Cybertron, and then pretty much the last fight scene. I do like the Cybertron scene. That's arguably one of the best scenes. Of it. Like when Optimus is going to town with like standing his ground, going and, and just handling everybody, and then does that jump off to jump on one of the Decepticons. I was like, oh, he's a hoss. <laughs> now, granted, let or uh, hopefully in part two or Transformers: Rise of the Beast. They show how he escaped. That would have been cool because he got surrounded. Like Bumblebee was the last thing that he saw was the Decepticons surrounding Optimus Prime and closing in. Yeah. So how how did he escape? Yeah, we know he escaped, but like it would be kind of cool to see how. Was he that was he able to do it by himself, or did his friends come by and help? You know. I mean, we, we see some of those characters in the in the sequel trailer. So, so you see, like, R.C., uh, Will Jack, and um, they're, they're, they're there. So, but, like, you, is it possible? Yeah, but will they show it? That's what I'm saying. I'm wondering. The scenes with the two Decepticons, I just enjoyed what they were doing in general. I, I like them. Uh, I like their dynamics. I, I've always been a fan of Triple Changers in, in, in yeah, that animation toys. And oh, it's just really cool. <laughs> And it shows how, like, their form adapted when they took on a new 
form. Like they, they would, they were the vehicles, they were looking one way, then they became the helicopters and they could transform between the helicopters and the car. And they had aspects of both. Right, um, we saw that when they pulled up to the John Cena's barricade. Yeah, yeah. In the desert. They were driving, they saw the planes, they scanned them. And then when they became back to robot form, they have the wings or the propellers yep. already there. So that was kind of cool. But at the same token, I was bothered by that. So like, where they get the extra metal? No, no. no. no it's just it's magic. But... Not that is that um, they'll multiple times they'll run on their feet, then they'll go into be a car, and then go to a, their feet or transform, and then go into an airplane or a flight. I'm like, why don't you just go to flight? The one time where they just beat up Bumblebee, mm-hmm. and they're about to call the Decepticons, and they're leaving the garage. They're in robotic form. They transform into car to just go 10 feet they transfer back into robot and then they take flight i was like why not just walk out the place and then go into flight and i remember so many times it was like why why it made no sense well no i'm thinking uh i don't remember them ever going straight to the plane or helicopter mode right they just went they always went car first then aerial right they transferred from robot to car and then to, to robot oh back to robot yes and then flight oh then i have no answer see that makes no sense yeah i use the toys for example in the toy figuration in order to make that work you have to go from one to two to three and most figures you can't skip that transition so if they're trying to like do the homage it would make sense that they have to go one two three but if they just went one two one three makes no sense <laughs> and i totally overlooked that yeah i mean they, they did it a lot of times and which i thought was like but why are you going through that i mean i like if you're going to go to a car and then into flight, okay, but they weren't doing that. And I was like, well, that makes no sense. It was just like, I guess it was just for us to, to be in awe of the sea of the transformations and all that stuff, which, okay, fine, that's, I get it in a way, but at the same token, it's just a waste of time and CGI money because it costs money to do all that in post production. Mm-hmm. So you just could have made it just, just, I mean, either. Go car straight into flight, or let them leave the garage and go right into flight. I mean, granted, like with with um, Bumblebee when he was fighting, like sometimes it would change into a car. So when he's like tossed, would change into a car, land on the wheels, turn around, what have you, and then charge into robotic form. That was kind of cool. Right? Talking about favorite scenes, I did enjoy. I enjoyed the moments with John Cena. I thought those were clever. Uh, even when he was like. Come on, it's like, it's even in their name, they're Decepticons. You don't, don't find that right. Kind of off. And plus, <laughs> the other one, too, like, the, when the stepfather said, oh, I, I stole something when I was younger. He says, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he says a real quick, real deadpan, like, this is what we do. Yeah. It had some really good moments. And like, oh, it did. And then the bond with Charlie and Bumblebee was really nice. It was like way of her saying goodbye to her dad. Even though Bumblebee was more like a friend, true, not a, not a father figure, but she used, I guess, him in order for her to heal and also to break her fear of high dives. So I guess like because with her father it was like that she had that connection of being a high diver. Yeah, he was a strong support for her. 
Right. right. And, and when, when he passed, passed away, I guess that left with him. Yeah. yeah. And it, when she, she had, had to do it to help Bumblebee, she was able to break that fear and to, I guess, move on. Mm-hmm. And she did that. She said, I have to say goodbye. I can't, I can't go with you. Mm-hmm. So she did say goodbye to her father through Bumblebee, which was a nice touch. Oh, yeah. Her, I mean, her performance was really good. No, she's really good at acting. She, you can see, you can feel the emotion she's, she has there. Again, entertaining. I'm sorry, it doesn't hold up to the original. Optimus Prime being there makes no sense unless that's a scene taken later. Awesome. I mean, he did say at the beginning, "You're our scout. We're sending you here to make way for us, and we will come once you let us know." Right. But okay. But was that Optimus Prime on the bridge? I am ninety percent sure that was Optimus Prime. Right. So he's, then he's then he's there. Exactly. And even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't, he's a hundred percent there seven years later. Right. Right. Whatever the time frame is, yeah. Whatever the time frame is in the forest at the end. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, granted, like when Bumblebee is driving by that truck that looks like Optimus Prime, there is no real tell if that is Optimus Prime. You yeah. can just assume because it's the same colors. Same color, same design as the original right. toys. And Obi thought it was him too. But then the next scene is in the forest. So you have that confusion. And yeah. the timeline, again, like Star Wars. Star Wars does the same thing with the what's laid out in the, the originals, which came out before the prequels. Now, what happens in the prequels, the timeline, the aging, the... Uh, the, the the matter of a um, time of uh, events, mm-hmm. all that stuff does not match of what is laid out in the original. Same thing here. It does not necessarily match. It ties in somehow, some way, but it doesn't necessarily satisfy the viewer that this is a true prequel. For me, considering as an individual film of uh, the franchise, I'm like, it came out so much better. Putting it back in the franchise, it does lose points for that. All right, let's get. Let's. Uh, you said not necessarily worth the recommendation, not to own, worth the watch for sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. worth the watch. Why not? It's, it, it is entertaining. You can like put down the kids there to watch and. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely a family kid friendly film for the most part. I would say for me, I was down for press submission. I would be down like if it's just like if I had to pick like two films out of the entire franchise, I would it'll be those two. And I will put them in separate folders. I mean, no, Bumblebee is worth the watch in a theater in the sense you're with that big screen, with the sound effects and all that stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. Because you can't get lost into it, into that world. But you were saying, I'm going to cut you off in a minute. It's all good. It works for me because I could like literally watch the 84 animation and then I could go to Bumblebee and be like, damn, they look very good together. Uh, <laughs> it just mesh well. For me, it's worth it. I actually think it's better than uh, the Shia LaBeouf one. But how so? For example, the action scenes are intense. You definitely have more action. It's more intense than Transformers. But I've never been a fan of the shaky cam technique and that okay. uh, trigger. Like how we always make fun of Marvel for having the big CGI fight scenes where you can't see and understand what's happening. That's what's happening in the Michael Bay film. Where here is like... Crisp, clear, I understand, touches me in my childhood heart of nostalgia, in my microphone, uh, and, and I can relate to the 1980s animation in this interpretation. And it was just a fun idea, like thinking, hey, this could be like a spinoff of like, what if they made this a sequel? And it turns out John Cena's really a G.I. Joe. 
<laughs> and because that happened in the comics, Jerry Joe teamed up with the Transformers. I'm like, that's true. That this, this could, could be now. Now I'm spinning up a world of his own. Like, I want Yo Joe going. All right, guys. That is our. Did this call throwback? Came out 2018. Seniors. Into the Spider-Verse. I, I, I guess if, unless we put a cutoff time for throwbacks, but yeah. Ah, I think it's over, I think throwbacks is like 10 to 15 years. Yeah, you put a classic stage on it, like it's vintage. Anyway, that is our movie review of Bumblebee. Have you seen it? What was your favorite scene? What was your least favorite scene? Let us know, either in the comments below or emails at tales2bros.gmail.com. Also, if you have a movie or a show for us to review, or you would like us to review, email us at tales2bros at gmail.com or leave a comment below. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too, bro. Do that, the machine change. <laughs>